Welcome to a Tech Vet special. In this show, we're marking Remembrance 2022, and we're bringing together a group of veterans from across the world who are pioneering initiatives and opportunities for service leaders in tech. From Australia, we're joined by Heath Moody, Jeff Musson from Canada, we're joined by Tom Marsden from the United States, and we're joined by Tech Vet's James Murphy in the UK. Welcome, Tom, Jeff, James, and Heath. Hey, Meredith. Hello, good morning. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, thank good you. evening. Yeah. Thank you for, for joining us. So I'd just like to start by um, asking each of you, so starting with you, James, um, what's your background and how did you end up working with veterans in tech? So it turned out that I wasn't particularly good in the military, um, <laughs> lack, lack a lot of talent. And then I thought I'd, I'd make up for those mistakes and help others off the path than I could have taken. Um, I, I left the military after a couple of decades uh, and went into cyber threat intelligence. Um, but because of the way that tech vets helped me into into a, my next career path, um, but also just the way it was built, it was something that was very principled that I wanted to get involved in. Um, so I started volunteering and then took on the role as CEO in January 2020. And I think um, that one of the key aspects for me was that there was there, there actually was a real talent pool. It wasn't about a vulnerable community. It was about real talent that was actually sorely needed in tech. And tech was really lacking a lot of the skills that people have coming out of military abundance. And I you know, really wanted to put those two together. And Jeff, what's what's your background? Yeah, so um, ironic that I actually wasn't part of the military. I come at this from the tech industry angle. And even though I've had a number of family members that were uh, that have served in the military, um, when, you know, I see the sacrifice that those men and women that have served in uniform have done. Um, to me, we should be able to support them uh, when they decide to release from the military. And what was interesting was in the tech sector, there are over in Canada, um, there are over 147,000 IT jobs projected to go unfilled. And if you actually look at the soft skills that someone from the military has, like attention to detail, leadership, teamwork, those are the soft skills that are really needed in industry. And so it, it was, you know, we always like to say that, you know, uh, people in our program go from serving on the battlefield to now serving in cyberspace. And so it's really was... Um, uh, you know, uh, a fulfilling thing to help the veterans get, I, I say it's not even jobs, to get careers. And they're able to provide for not only themselves and their families after serving our country. And and really, like I said, it was it was more from the tech industry angle that, that I came to this. And Tom, what's your story? How did you end up working with VetSec? Thanks, Meredith. Um, I spent over 20 years in the U.S. Navy. We're serving on submarines. And I've always had an uncle that served in software engineering industry, was always interested in technology. And when I joined the VetSec community, I found a, a similar environment like James did, you know, a wonderful community that helped me kind of make the most of my military transition. And then just through volunteering, offering to take over when they needed a board chair. And I've been doing that for almost two and a half years now. And lastly, um, what's your story? Yeah, so um, I did five years in the infantry in Australia, uh, and in my last couple of years, I was transitioning into cybersecurity, and when I got out, I realised there was no real communities or networks, particularly within, within Australia, 
um, within cyber, even really within IT for veterans. And so um, myself and a few other colleagues decided to just get together after work a couple of times and then we started to invite more and more people and then before you know it, you're inviting 30 people and then uh, you suddenly have a have an organisation. So, um, yeah, really simple little grassroots community. Um, I absolutely love it, but I'm very biased. So that's us. And it's fantastic because I think this is the first time we've had everyone on one panel together, um, which is a feat in itself. And it's really important that we are together because we're talking all about remembrance. So in your individual countries, how are you marking remembrance this year? Uh, so Remembrance Day in Canada is very a solemn day. It, um, you know, uh, you really think about the sacrifice that the men and women uh, have given that have served our country. And so for us, um, there are ceremonies at uh, the Cenotaph that uh, we all attend. Um, and really, it's to commemorate and recognize the sacrifice um, of those that have served. And so it's, um, you know, for me, it's um, it's a good day for reflection, right? And it, you know, as much as all of our schedules are all crazy and we're all over the place, um, it's a good day just to kind of slow down and and recognize the sacrifice that those uh, those people have given. I, I think Jeff hit the nail on the head for us here in America as well. You know, it's it's a quieter day for us, for me and my family, for, for all of us in the VETSA community and abroad, um, just to take some time and think about the service of the men and women who have spent the time fighting in our nation's wars and around the world in support of, of you know, our freedoms and everything else that, that we fight for. Um, it's, it's definitely always been a quieter day. Um, you know, it's interesting to see the parades that happen in the different cities and see the people that come out in support of our veterans. And it's it's just always a, a nice uh, a nice quiet day to reflect and think upon all that. Um, and Heath, in Australia, do you do anything specific on that day? Do you have any rituals or routines that you personally follow? Um, so for me, particularly, um, Anzac Day and Remembrance Day are very similar, but also different in their purposes. And but um, myself in particular, I really like to get my group of friends that I surf with around for a barbecue um, after we've done a a Remembrance Shrine in in the morning. Um, just just to really kind of check in with each other and see how each other is going, because you kind of get those. They are really quite rare um, these days, particularly those those really really good in person events. So. That's kind of one of my key purposes for it. And um, I encourage everyone else to do so as well. And James, that kind of bridges into the community that TechVets has every day, really. But when it comes to remembrance, how do you see that community come together to market in the UK? The veteran community has always been one of the most important parts of any sort of military existence, certainly certainly within, within the Five Eyes community. Um, it's always been quite strong and actually not just within our individual nations, but actually across that Five Eyes community, there's always been that sort of closeness. And I think when you drill that down into, like Heath would say, specific units where you serve together, you know, that those bonds become incredibly strong. I think the, the tech best community, you know, like, like others, um, you know, in, in the virtual room here tonight, I, um, I say tonight, Heath, first in the morning. Um, I think what's really nice is that we know that they, that people have that, that platform to come and, come and mingle virtually if they need to. Um, but if they want to schedule sort of catch-ups, they can do. 
the benefit of Remembrance Day uh, for me is, is much larger than that. You've got these people quite often in the veteran community who are at the fringes of it that, that are isolated, whether it's you know through mental health or just because they've, they've become sort of disenfranchised um, and, and isolated um, earlier on in their careers and, and they've been detached from the whole veteran community. Whether they, whether they have accessibility issues or not, it actually none of it really matters. People are all brought out together in, 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 one, in one feat of remembrance. And I think the benefit there is for that one day, everyone only has the, the benefit of remembering all those that, that we've lost, but also to come together as one sort of large, um, in essence, global community, which I think is particularly strong. And we talk about coming together in person to mark remembrance, but also technology has opened up so many other ways of connecting and, and marking the day. Jeff, with your tech background, how do you think marking remembrance has, has changed because of tech advancements? It's advanced. It, it was funny because I would even say COVID has really accelerated it as much as tech has, right? Um, for two years, we had to figure out how to, um, you know, uh, observe Remembrance Day. And we relied on technology where, you know, prior to 2020, yeah, if you told people, you know, go on to Zoom, they'd say, what's that, right? Um, now, Zoom and Teams are all part of our everyday life. And so when it comes to, you know, services for Remembrance Day, uh, being able to video stream allows many more people in which to participate because you can, those that are not able to, um, you know, join in person can now join it virtually. Um, and I, and I think it's really, I think it's been a good thing because you're able to now have a larger audience, but more importantly, you are able to build awareness where, you know, it puts things first and foremost in people's minds. So the technology aspect, I think, has really increased the ability to, you know, observe this day. I mean, you know, you do, you do get people that have accessibility issues, but, but also, even though it's a relatively small number um, in relative terms, you know, people with mental health issues, PTSD, et cetera, who don't want to be involved in big crowds, it gives them the ability to, to watch from afar. But I also like the fact that we've had such a, a, a sort of growth in, in the use of drones. You know, that drone um, you know, camera footage can really bring that sort of day to life. And I think that the technology that we have these days, it helps, it helps capture the sort of magnitude of, of, of the event um, rather than what would have originally just been, you know, you'd have seen it almost like ground level, um, you know, people marching along. It kind of brings it to life. I think it's quite cool. In the United States, how have you seen people use technology to mark Remembrance or Memorial Day? Is there anything special or anything that you've noticed in the last couple of years that has changed that the way marketing in America? I would just say the integration of technology has been accelerated so much more really because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And you know, like Jeff and James both said, that, that has increased the accessibility. One thing that I, I've loved seeing over the last few years is as people outside the tech industry adopt platforms like Discord, like Slack, like Zoom, like Teams, it's it's made us all feel a little closer together. You know, uh, three, four years ago now, you know, I had the opportunity uh, on a submarine I was on to surface at the North Pole next to a British submarine, the HMS Trenchant. 
and still have pictures from those days and still keep those people very close in, in my mind. And following that and in my, in my ventures into VetSec, I, I wouldn't have imagined there be a time so quickly where I'm sitting here on a call with somebody in Australia, in Canada and the UK talking about Remembrance Day and just how quickly tech has changed to bring us all a little closer together. And in the United States, across the 50 states, you know, we do a conference every year at, at VetSec, all virtual. And, and just a few years ago, you wouldn't have even thought of doing something like that. So it's it's just nice to see that the communities and the, the veteran population are just able to be a little bit closer with technology. I mean, although although we are closer, I mean, the biggest challenge is the, the sacrifice that we have to put heat through every time we have one of these calls where you know, I'm sort of towards the, the, the back end of the day, but, but heat is literally getting up at, at, at you know, very early hours. And we just think because it's so easy to jump on a call that it's fine. You'll be fine. You can make that sacrifice. Well, I mean, in, in my defense, it's only about 15, 20 minutes. Um, oh, 30, 45, some, some, some days, but, um, oh, but to answer your, your, your question as well, I, I even take it from a non-tech side, particularly in Australia here, um, because of COVID and the, also the, the prevalence of a lot of the tech as well, we've actually seen a lot more, uh, local veteran communities by literally, well, what I mean by that is, um, for Remembrance Day and particularly Anzac Day here as well. Um, they were doing driveway services. So if you wanted to do something for that day, you'd hop out in your driveway. Um, and funnily enough, that really quickly created a, oh, there's someone down there. I'll, I'll go have a chat with them. And then very quickly you find out that they served probably like six months before or after you and you might have crossed paths some, at some point. So there's actually been an increase in those sort of events as well. And then therefore the local sort of, um, they're called RSL branches over here, Return Service League. So then you end up having a resurgence in them come come through. So it kind of goes both ways with, with it, right, with the tech and the non-tech as well. So, but having the option there for people, um, I think is, is, is absolutely key there and being able to uh, enrich the veterans on this day and particularly just in their general lives is kind of the real, real key. And however that box gets ticked, I'm happy. Do you think it helps spread the message about what your organisations do? Because it's, you know, especially the UK government is absolutely pushing to get more veterans, service leavers trained up and into tech jobs because of the skills gap. So do you think by having these remembrance events more accessible, whether that's virtually or in person or streamed live, um, do you think it is helping your organisations to grow and spread the word? Yeah, I think naturally, naturally it will. But but I, you know, I think I think around the sort of remembrance side of side of things, um, it's never it's never the the aim. The the, the aim is, is is purely the remembrance aspect of it. But I think I, I think generally as you as you build in a community, every every session that you have, people can people experience the the benefits of being a part of that community. And I think you know that 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 grows very quickly. You know, not not the demand is always there. Um, but it's providing people an accessible platform to be able to engage with that community. That that's that takes it to that next level. And I suppose from a from a remembrance perspective, um, you know, we're 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 enabling people to come together in a way that they wouldn't have been able to ordinarily, um, where they may have met some people they didn't know, but they have got something common 
beyond just the military um, in our respective organisations. You know, there are also people that are, you know, burning a pathway into into careers in in tech, cyber, IT, etc. And I and I think it does add a bit more value to it that it's a bit more of a focused community. I suppose this year. I mean, this year is going to be slightly different, and I think that the UK has already come together once, you know, as a as a society, and it's it's sort of brought all sorts of people out of the woodwork to come together. And I think within the military community, this one will be a a particularly big one, um, you know, given that we we, we have not long um, you know had had the death of uh, former um, Queen Elizabeth. So I think I think the issue that we that we have um, in general is being is being solved in some way by, by technology. Um, this year is going to be a big one. Technology is going to be used loads to make sure everything is broadcast in the right way. People have access to be able to watch it. Um, people that couldn't ordinarily get out of their house will have access to it. And sometimes, though, I do feel as a bit of a caveat that there is a, a complacency that comes in with the use of technology where people may not put the effort in to, to drag some of these people out of their houses to be involved in that in-person event, which can be you know, it can be detrimental to people. It's good for people to get out and do stuff in the flesh. Um, and and sometimes I, I would imagine that you know tech is used as a as a sort of easy easy quick win um, to solve that issue. Yeah, I think the the use of technology, you know, and how widespread it's become certainly helps get the get our communities out there a little more. But you know, it, it really is just a service to those groups that we're trying to provide and and enable that access out there. And especially on Remembrance Day and, and Veterans Day here in the United States, it's not about our names or the names of our communities. It's really just about enabling that alternative to those in-person features that that we can yeah. provide via our various platforms. It's never meant to take the place of any of those in-person events, but really just be a supplement to people who otherwise would be displaced or unable to join the, the communities yeah, in Remembrance. And another thing I just want to chime in on is, it's an ability for groups like ours to kind of interconnect. So all of the people within our organizations can then connect in, you know, uh, as James said, kind of with almost the Five Eyes Veterans Network, uh, you know, and to me, I think there's real value in that community building. It's not something that Coding for Veterans is going to be commercialized by any stretch, but, you know, it's when you bring people together, good things happen. Yeah, agreed. And just quickly, for those who are watching or listening, who may not have come across your organisations before. So, um, Jeff, in Canada, what, what does Coding for Veterans provide and what can what have been the successes that you've you've had? Yeah. So Coding for Veterans is an organisation that helps Canadian military veterans retrain in software development and cybersecurity. And we've partnered in with the University of Ottawa in order to deliver the curriculum 100% online. So there's virtually students from coast to coast. And in fact, Canadian veterans around the world um, have, have, uh, are, are part of our class. And so with us, um, it was funny, we started this organization in the fall of 2019. Um, and we literally had five people in the program. And now we have over 300 uh, students and with a 90% placement rate, um, these are good paying, high quality careers that men and women in our program are transitioning to in the civilian world. How is that different to um, what you provide, Heath, in, with Vets in Cyber? 
Yeah, so Vets and Cyber, um, we definitely focus more on the cyber side. Um, our, we do have connections into the more software dev if uh, a person needs, but um, we do much more um, tailored and bespoke sort of mentoring um, and events. Uh, that's our that's our bread, bread and butter, where we really, really try to get people together, get them talking, get them meeting with with also with also business at, at at the same time to help with that transition to understand that hey. You don't have to go into a strictly security clearance role. There is there is multiple opportunities for you to go into a role that that you want to do, not what is being told for you to do. And this is your first time to really start to to choose to choose yourself. And let's um, let's prioritize yourself and make sure you are as comfortable and happy with your choices that that, that you're making. Uh, that's kind of the real focus of Vets and Cyber. We've got a lot of other training. Um, partners and providers that, that we're starting to stand up as well. And we're definitely more on the junior side compared to the, the ge- gentleman around me. But uh, look, hey, it's, it's building and, and it's and it's growing uh, very, very, very quickly thanks to these guys. So uh, massive, massive props to, to them as well. And are there any initiatives that you see Jeff or James or Tom implementing in their organisations that you'd like to emulate in Australia? Oh, that's a great question. There's, there is a couple. Um, I know, so James is excellent with a little Excel spreadsheet of just all the training providers around the world with with different little things, right? He's got this master Excel sheet. I reckon that would be pretty cool to have. Um, I know Tom um, Marsland's VetSec, I know their mentoring program is just absolutely top-notch. I've had a few Americans reach out to me that are now posted in Australia, seeing if we do something similar and I'm, I'm, I'm always very honest to say, hey, we're, we're, we're as half as good as VetSec, but if we can get that 75%, I'll be very happy. And um, and from, from the Jeff side, apologies, I don't know much, but if it's if, if it's anything to the the passion that he does talk, talk about with it, um, that's what I want to keep to rep- replicating, right? And Tom, with VetSec, I think Heath has kind of put you up on a massive pedestal there. So you're obviously doing fantastic things. Uh, for veterans on your side, give us an overview of what VetSec provides. Well, Heath is is just too kind. Um, you know, this this has just been a labor of love for me the la- for the last two and a half years. Um, but VetSec's a nonprofit here in the United States, and we're the only nonprofit organization that is focused specifically on military veterans into cybersecurity. There are many that focus on the veteran population as a whole into jobs, or into IT, or or you know, a broader field, but we're we're focusing on the very niche niche area that is cybersecurity. So all of our training partners are aligned towards that. Um, we've curated Coursera's catalog. We work with SANS to place students monthly into their courses. Thanks uh, to James for that that networking uh, opportunity. But really, the thing that that we pride ourselves most on is the community. Um, the the military transition classes, and it's in part due to the geographic size of the United States, they are not in sync. And so what a member gets told when they're leaving the service in Washington state might be very different from what they're told when they're leaving, you know, from the state of South Carolina, for instance. And so we try and keep those resources level set across the entire United States and provide those to any veteran who's looking to get into cybersecurity. Right now, our community is about 5,000 military veterans um, on our Slack community. And the thing that that we've really tried to focus on is the things that are the soft skills that we think that veterans need to learn to be able to successfully transition. Um, so the, the things that I realized that I didn't know anything about getting out of the military 
was one, I, I never knew how to do an interview because I, I'd never interviewed for a job other than McDonald's in my life. <laughs> Two, I had, I had no clue how to write a resume. And three, I, I didn't know anything about networking. You know, I knew how to network in the military, but when it came to LinkedIn, I, I was completely lost. And so we worked closely with people who have transitioned out of the military already to build courses around those and really just provide a community platform where people can come and kind of pay it forward to the people who are getting out behind them and give them their their advice and suggestions. And so looking forward to this time next year, so on the cusp of Remembrance 2023, where do you see VetSec being then? Um, I'd like to see slow and steady growth. I'd like to see us deepen our relationships with with the gentleman here around the room and maybe add a, a Five Eyes partner there in, in New Zealand um, and just continue what we're doing. And that's really just to, to build that community and and just make it more accessible to everyone else. I'd love to um, touch a little bit more than we have in the last year on the mental health side of things for veterans in America as well. Um, you know, we see a lot of Kind of the, the idea behind aligning to veteran unemployment to cybersecurity jobs was the close match skill sets that Jeff said at the beginning that they do match to. But also, you know, there are a significant number of military veterans who go unemployed or underemployed here in the United States. And there are, is a huge skills gap in cybersecurity. And so taking that underserved population and, and helping them fill those roles is just something I, I continue to remain very much passionate about. And I think that's something that resonates with you, James. I've heard you talk about that that significantly. Um, with TechVets, what are you doing in the next 12 months to support those underrepresented veterans and service leavers in the UK? So first and foremost, build a team so I don't have to do as much work. And I think that's starting to <laughs> pan out quite nice. Um, look, I think the community... Yeah, as, as Tom mentioned, um, that, that's that's our number one priority. Um, it always is. Um, so we've got this wonderful sort of prioritization list, which grows by the day, but is is more about the user journeys, the user experience, how people engage with us, the processes, the systems. And now I've got a team. We're going to be concentrating more on that, developing more partnerships, which you know I thought would slow down, and we've we've had two two new ones in the in the last um, couple of weeks. And, you know, a couple over the summer as well, um, so that doesn't seem to slow. Um, but there, there is a real challenge trying to, trying to, you know, as we've grown, we're starting to reach deeper into the veteran community, um, into the fringes of the, the veterans community at times as well. People that may have, you know, slipped through the net, that may not have received the right career change advice and guidance when they left the military, um, or even, you know, would have gone into a decent role but may have fallen on harder times, um, and that is more of a challenge. Right. I mean, it's it's a huge challenge for a nonprofit, you know, within a charity, you know, to, to try to do. We haven't got a huge team of people to be able to give everyone, um, you know, one to one support. It's just not scalable. So the community approach is definitely the right one, um, because what that does is it enables those individuals to come in, you know, all those women and men to come in and, and access to essentially leverage the experienced veterans that we have. You know, and whilst he says, you know, we're not quite. We're not quite as, as big yet, and um, but you know we focus on on the networking and bringing people in to have those chats to meet. That, that's exactly what the community is all about. It's bringing people in when they don't have the confidence to start asking those questions in a very safe safe environment, um, 
and to get answers, not from people who are very distant individuals that have no common background, but people that actually know exactly where they've been. Some of them have served in the same units. You know, I mean, these are people with a very common background who are now taking that leap into the, into the IT world and can help them get there. And I think, I think that's, that's one of the main, main um, priorities for us going forward um, to help more people. And, and I suppose like, the other thing is, you know, whether, whether it's me making some good decisions or me rolling the dice and it landing on, a, on, a, on an even number. Um, you know, we, we've moved into RFEA, the Forces Employment Charity, which is now the Forces, Forces Employment Charity after a merger with the Officers Association. So we're actually in the hub of this fantastic organisation that is very central, very key for supporting the Forces community in the UK into employment. Um, what they also have is a, is a wealth of experience dealing with individuals that may have, you know, more more severe requirements, um, more substantial requirements. People that may have mental health issues, they may have um, you know, fallen into the cracks of the criminal justice system. Um, and, and again, by working collaboratively, you know, as, as we as we tend to do, um, and 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 really sort of that's my big drive: collaboration. Um, you know, what we're able to do is bring the tech vets capability, the services, the support that we offer. Um, to add as a force multiplier to those programs already running to support those other individuals. And it can be done, it's been proven. Um, you know, there's enough stuff out there to get people basic digital skills and, you know, in, in, in you know, a close um, collaboration with other, other parties within the, the force employment charity, you know, we are working on a, on a digital poverty program as well to enable people to get access to devices with, um, you know, connectivity, um, as well as as well as some basic digital skills and even a mentor for those that need it, a coach who who is there. So after after working hours, you know, look, I I can't remember the password. How do I get into this laptop? You know, or something's not working. What does this mean? They've got someone on hand to provide that support. And the end goal is, you know, if we're able to shine a light on how we can get individuals from the forces community into IT careers, why can't we pick that up and give that to other charities to support other parts of, of UK society? Um, you know, to, to help them as well, because it's no different. We just have a, a very targeted, focused um, um, audience that, that's easy for us to, to put a pilot in, you know, and, and run these run these um, programs. But no, I mean, you know, the other the other thing, as Tom mentioned, we brought we brought these four organisations together. Um, it seemed that I was always getting people from from the other three come to me and ask what I could do for them, and I was always looking for somewhere else to send them. Um, you know, because we support. British British forces community only, um, and and now that we've come together again, it's about leveraging the experience within you know all four organisations of what's working, what's not, you know how how are we how are we you know solving certain problems and and sharing the the, the resources and, and also you know handing over the partnerships as well. I mean that's another that's been another big win. You know Tom has given me a number of partnerships you know which has been reciprocated. And, you know, that, that only strengthens the four organisations and how many we can support. So I think the, the key the key over the next the next year is going to be more collaboration, um, you know, more pooling of resource, less less duplication of effort, and um, to really sort of grow grow that impact, maximise that impact into the far reaches of the forces community. And hopefully that was me without going into too much sort of almost like a um, sort of Hollywood esque finish. Emmy <laughs> <laughs> award worthy. <laughs> I think that's a really good point about collaboration and you know Jeff you um you were talking a lot about well, initially you talked about your your tech background yeah. and with that head on 
what else can we do to collaborate better across our nations? Um, a couple of things. I think, uh, you know, I don't want to repeat what James said, but he kind of hit the nail on the head. You know, learn best practices. You know, what sort of worked with us, what's worked with everyone else. And, and there's very much, at least I find, a very collaborative environment amongst all of, you know, the people on, on this podcast. The other thing that's happened is with our organization, it's now expanding just beyond, you know, it's going beyond veterans. It's now including spouses, right? It's including family members. Um, just recently, the Canadian Armed Forces approved our program for current serving members to take it, right? And so it, when you actually look at the veterans, it's actually more than that. I mean, I look at it as the veterans community. And so by opening it up to those different areas, it just helps to make our program stronger. And so, um, you know, when one of us tries something like this, we can then share the results with others. And, you know, if it took us, say, 12 months to, you know, enable the, uh, you know, the spouses, family members and, and others to expand, maybe others in our ecosystem like Tom or Heath or James, maybe it'll take them six months to learn from the mistakes yeah. that we did. Right. And that, I think, is key. Um, well, there's, there's also another layer to that. You, you and I, Jeff, are, are fairly fortunate that this is our job. Yeah. Um, but, but for the other two, they're volunteering their time. And uh, having volunteered whilst in a full-time job, when I initially volunteered for TechVet, you know, it, it's a lot of hours. And when, and when you're working, as the pair of them are, in, in anything technical, your back's against the wall. Um, there's not enough hours in the day as it is to try to then keep yourself motivated to, to keep going with your essentially what is your passion um, side project, you know it's a real challenge. It, it takes a lot of hours. So if we can strip back some of the pain that we may have gone through, whilst also thinking, well, actually we're still getting paid for this, you know, it does take the pressure off somewhat. Um, when you've got those few hours that you want to spend with your family, but you know there's a priority, you know, it, it makes it a lot easier if we can take some of that burden off them um, as well by by sharing, you know, where where things have not worked. So the same question to you, Heath. This time next year, we're just about to mark Remembrance 2023. Where do you see Vets in Cyber? Yeah, so Vets in Cyber has been growing massively in the last 12, but I think uh, the one thing I really want to touch on, um, particularly in Australia and I think globally, is um, particularly in Australia, there's a massive um, Royal Commission into Veteran Suicide currently going on at, at at, at the moment in which we've lost more veterans to suicide than we did in the Afghan and Iraq wars um, entirely. And that's absolutely horrible. So there's a massive um, program of work going on at, at, at the moment from all levels of government to kind of understand it um, from a much more um, holistic problem. And one of the things that's already coming out is a lot of the things that we've been trying to do um, not because we're amazing, but because it's just one of those things that there isn't enough when people leave the military, there isn't enough of, of that same purpose that people get when, they, when they're when they in the military and that, and that core purpose and that core teamwork. Um, and that's one of the things we, we I really want to keep to pushing um, moving into next year um, to be able to help people with a purpose and with a drive and really help from that. Not from a mental health standpoint, but from a more of a mental resilience and from a mental strengthening point where we're not going to be pretending to be psychologists. But if we're able to solve 
those big problems at that lowest level before they start to spiral, we're solving so many problems so so early on and it just helps with so many other issues and problems later on that if you could solve them at the lowest possible level first, as what we all did in our, in, in our careers, um, it helps the veteran and their family and everyone attached to them um, a thousand times over. So that's kind of that's 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 where I'd really wanting to focus for the for the next year, apart from building a website and making things much more pretty. But outside of that, um, that's us. And to, over to you, Tom, in the states, is there something similar that has been pioneered or launched by the government on a similar thread? I would I would say there's studies going on into veteran suicide all the time. There was one that came out a week ago that said that the estimated number of veteran suicides might be as much as double as what has been initially reported. Um, we have an initiative every year um, around the number 22. Um, and really it's that on average in the United States, 22 military veterans every single day take their own life. And now we're finding out that number could be as high as 44. Um, so it's, it's a very high number. Um, in 2020, they said about 6,200 military veterans took their own lives here in the United States. Um, and so anything we can do from a community perspective, same as Heath, you know, we're not trying to pretend to be psychologists, but um, a lot of times we find in our platform, military members will come just, just to kind of rant because they've lost that community that they used to have in their units where they could go and, you know, have a little gripe session about what's going on in their lives and get support from people who, who understood what that was like. And so we see that in our community all the time where people will come and just ask about how other members are dealing with issues in their lives and get help kind of resolving those things at that lowest level as well. And same thing, you know, it's, it's like a fire. If you can, if you can stomp out that little ember before it starts, that that's the, that's the key to success in that. And really just providing a, in my, in my mind, a, a close community where people can have those conversations without fear of being judged. You know, there's a stigma in, the tech industry of burnout. There's a stigma in the veterans industry of the civilian world thinks that everyone in the military is kind of crazy and suffering from PTSD and, and all of this and speaking out against those stigmas and trying to help crush those things at the lowest level possible is, is what we're trying to do here too. Yeah, nailed it. I think that's a really good point about burnout in the tech industry and the issues faced by vet by veterans as well, because they're both mental health issues that whether you're a veteran or not, you know, if you go into a job and you're under a lot of pressure, you can it, it can cause burnout. Jeff, in your experience of dealing with uh, veterans in Canada, have you seen it from both sides? Yes, I have. And what's interesting is, is that, you know, just like Tom and Heath have said, um, you know, this is an important issue that we've also been raising with our government, with Veterans Affairs, uh, but as well as with employers, right? And, you know, sometimes accommodations have to be made for, you know, those uh, individuals that are suffering, you know, with some mental distress. And so um, I think the overall awareness is really starting to increase, which is a good thing. I think that's a really good point to, to end on is that sharing, that collaborating in the future so that we can all work together across the nations just to 
really help veterans, service leavers, their family, and like you said, Jeff, the community. And I think that's probably something that's resonated throughout this discussion is the importance of community, whether that's any day of the year, but especially around remembrance, bringing people together um, to mark service and mark those that you know our nations have lost at, at war. So I'd like to say a huge thank you, um, Jeff, Heath, Tom, James, for joining us this evening. And um, this definitely won't be the last time that we bring you all into a uh, recording and discuss topics that can help our veterans across our nation. So thank you very much indeed. Thank you.